Michelle. And this is a Couple Games Gaming Podcast. Tonight we are recording our first episode of A Couple Games uh, via video, as you can see. And we are also excited to announce our top 10 games as of August 13th, 2023. That's right. So we can't wait to get into it. We have each made a list and we're trying to guess each other's top 10 games in the correct order. That's right. So if we guess one of the games that's on each other's list, that's one point. And if we guess it in the right spot, it's two points. Yep. So who is going to start us off? I think you should start us off. Okay. So I'm going to try and guess your number 10. Oh, you're guessing my number 10? Right. You said I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So your number 10 favorite game. I'm going to go with Grand Austria Hotel. That's we wrote these lists down ahead of time because there's no way we could have like just on the spot guessed that. So um, we have come prepared today. So I'm guessing Grand Austria Hotel. Negative. I wrote Not question, on the list. I wrote question mark next to it. <laughs> I really thought you liked that one. I do like that one, but we've only played it two times. For some reason I thought we played it three. No, we played it at that convention, and then we played it here once, and that's it. But Okay. So, it needs some more plays of it. But I did like it a lot, but these games I like more. So. Okay, what was so your So now number? I'm guessing you're... Oh, are we actually doing my number 10 now? Is yeah, we should. Okay. My number 10 was Dice Throne. Oh, I had that earlier. Okay. So, you get one point. So, it's on the list, so I get one point. Right. But I would get two points if... If I had it at... In the right spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds Makes good. Sense. We only did this once a year, so I forget the... And we didn't do it last year. Was like 21 mm-hmm. was last time. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to guess your number 10. Your number 10, I'm going to guess Dinosaur Island. No. It's on my list, but definitely not number 10. All right. Well, what is your number 10, then? Planet Unknown. Planet Unknown. Wow, I did not see that coming. So Planet Unknown, we haven't had it that long. It's definitely pretty new, Mm -hmm. but we've played it a lot in the amount of time that we've had it. And we've played it at two-player, we've played it at four-player. And, yeah, what is it about? It is a polyomino game, which if you think polyomino, I think Tetris pieces... And it has a Lazy Susan that spins, too, which is really cool. And basically, you pick the pieces, you get to spin it, pick a piece that's in front of you, and then place it on your board, you go up some tracks. Yeah, and I guess, did you say how the opponent is the one that chooses the position? Yeah, whoever's turn it is gets to turn the Lazy Susan, and then... Which helps everyone at the table. Yeah, everyone at the table picks a piece from that's in front of them currently. There. Yeah, and each piece has a different indicator of like a track that you'll go up and different actions that will kind of like domino on top of that. Um, so it's a really cool game. Little Mars rover that goes around your planet that helps either pick up or get rid of good and bad effects in the game. Yeah. Things either get you points or lose you points. So, Planet Unknown. Yeah, that was my number 10. Cool. cool. And we didn't talk much about Dice Throne. Did you want to? Yeah, so we'll, we'll revisit Dice Throne. Dice Throne is basically Battle Yahtzee. 
Um, the version that we have is Marvel themed, so you can be Thor, Loki, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and basically you roll dice, you have this player math that tells you all your abilities and you're trying to trigger them using the dice that you roll, and just like Yahtzee, you can pull dice aside, re-roll some, or re-roll as many as you want, up to three times. And so what you're doing is attacking your opponent. We've played it at two-player, mostly. It's, it's best at... It's best at two-player, yeah. So. But we have played it with a bigger group, mm-hmm. at least once. And it's good for all ages, too, because um, you don't necessarily have to have... Because it's so much rolling and dice, it's... Yeah. It's not like a crazy amount of strategy. It's a pretty chill game. We play it on weeknights um, while you're watching TV or something like that. We yeah. played it. It's not really... I don't feel like it takes as much focus as... No, it doesn't. And what's really... I like about it is it's it's always a close game. Every game we've played, it's... If I don't take you out this turn, you're taking me out next turn. Mm-hmm. And so that's... Yeah. Back and forth. You start yeah. at 50 health and you're it's just the first person to like, die. Yeah. So, Dice Stone is good. I do like that one. It's just not in my top 10. It's grown on me. I used to... Not like it. Really not like it at all, but it's grown on me, so. Yeah. It's better with the marble theme than the other one you used to have, but got rid of most of that one. Yeah, sold it all. But. Yeah. All right, we are on to number nine. Number nine. And I'm guessing you're number nine? Yes. Switch it up. Okay. First. So, you're number nine. I'm going to say Castles of Burgundy. Uh, not number nine, but it is on my list. All right, so I get a point. Okay, so my number nine is actually Everdell. Everdell. Oh, I did not put that on the list. We don't play it enough. No, we really don't. But I really I like know. that game. It's, yeah. Oh, you haven't heard us talk about Everdell or heard about Everdell. Uh, it is a worker placement game uh, where you are going around a like mythical forest of really cute little animals and everyone has like a different creature. Uh, you're drafting cards to kind of like build your village. It's kind of, I mean, it's a village. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're putting buildings in your village and. With your little, you know, animal characters. There's different. There's so many different layers to this game. There's like four different expansions, modules that all play a piece. So we could do like a whole episode just on Everdell. So I'm just kind of just a brief overview. Uh, but I do like it with Spirecrest and whatever one we always play with. Not a Pearl Brook, we don't always play we with. We don't with it. Pearl Brook, we leave out the most. That's the expansion we probably play the least. Um, but we always, always, always have Belfair. Belfair. It's because we've never not played with it. Yeah. Like, you can't play that game without Belfair, I feel like. Yeah. We could, just, we could do another episode on Everdell. It deserves its own. Yeah, we actually didn't get the big collector's box and the two expansions. Possibly because we don't play it as much, and possibly because it's, you know, it's already so much It's already, already a lot, and we already like it as it is. Yeah. And every time it's added another layer, we feel like we have to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we don't want to pick and choose anymore. We just want to play the ones that we have. I am super curious about my little Everdell. Yeah. Eventually, once our kids are older, we'll probably get that one. And they have the Everdell Far Shore now, which is the new. Oh, yeah. We, we aren't familiar with that one, but we, yeah. we need to get there. So. Yeah. 
So. But yeah. I'm cool. Go. So, you're guessing my number nine. Yes. Okay. So, for that's where I put Dice Throne. Okay. As, so, as, as your number nine. Gotcha. So, my number nine was actually Dinosaur Island. Oh, okay. Well, did you have that? I have it. It's okay. just in a different spot. So, I'll give you a point. You're tied right now. Tied right now on 2 2. So, Dinosaur Island is a game where you are building a dinosaur theme park. You're using your scientist to draft uh, DNA from these amber dice, which is, you know, cool, because if you watch Jurassic Park, that's how they get the dinosaur DNA. Um, but this game is basically just Jurassic Park, the board game. You're uh, getting the DNA so that you can build dinosaur exhibits in your park. You can also build, like, roller coasters, food stands, yeah. things like that. Merchandise. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different. There are different blueprints that you can go off of, which is how to design and lay out your park. But we typically don't play with those. We yeah. used to a lot. Yeah, we used to a lot starting out, but then it, it's it felt like you weren't getting to build your park. It's like you had to do a dino in the bottom left, and you had to have a food stand in the top right. So it just felt really constricting. Yeah, or you had to have, you know, an herbivore or a small carnivore large carnivore and so maybe you know either that might not pan out or it's like maybe i just want herbivores in my you know or maybe i want all carnivores in my park yeah you know but if you don't follow your blueprint you lose points and so that was why we kind of veered away but anyone that's new to dino island i would recommend starting with the blueprints because it just gives you a good foundation to then then eventually you probably won't want them um, but yes, I have, um, I love Dynam Island too, so. Yeah, and we have the Kickstarter edition that uh, has the nice metal coins. We also have the expansion, it's called Totally Liquid, and it adds the water dinos and some special player powers and things like that. It adds player powers as well as different attractions for the park so i may have a hotel that can have a lot of people or i may have baby dinos or an egg incubator so i can make dinosaurs quicker yeah there's like petting zoo and mm-hmm. a goat goat a goat mega rex farm kind of thing or goat yeah. area uh, which in this game too you have to pay attention oh, to yeah. your security level especially if you have these like carnivores or trying to eat people uh, so you have to up your security or you can have these extra goats you know, stashed away that you're using to um, feed the feed dinosaurs, the dinosaurs so that you don't people. need so much security. But it's definitely like a balance between getting powerful dinosaurs that are worth more points and then still checking in on your security so that everyone in your park stays alive. Yeah. Which, you know, those are your points. Yeah. So it's a fun game. It We've is. always liked Dino Island. It's been, yeah. It's been on our shelf for as long as we've been really boring it's one of the earlier games yeah it was one of my first like big kickstarters i want to say yeah Yeah, so but that's dinosaur island and that was your number nine nine. okay yeah so am i guessing your number eight yeah is that where we're at that is i'm gonna say marvel splendor no is it on your list not on my list oh my gosh not at all i i do like that game it is good but no there's a different I kind of put that in like a puzzly game category, and I have a different one other than that okay. that I chose. Okay. Well, what is your my number eight? Number eight 
is tapestry. Tapestry. Wow, I did not put that one on there. Hmm. No points. No points for me. But So tell us about tapestry. Uh, so tapestry is a civilization building game where each player represents a different civilization that has a different player power. There's so many of them. We play with different civilizations every game. I don't think I've ever used the same one. You also, on your kind of civilization board right next to it, you put your buildings, and your buildings are like really cool 3D, not miniatures, but pretty much pretty much yeah so they and they represent different parts of the board that you have been to which are like based on tracks so there's a science track an art track a technology track and a explore track and they all have buildings associated with them and so as you're moving up those tracks you collect these different buildings that go in your city or your civilization they fill up certain boxes, which help you get even more points and more resources. Because resources are super crucial in this game. You that's basically your turn. Like how many turns you can take is dependent on the resources that you have accumulated. Yeah. Is that again? Yeah. Anything to add there? Um, I'm sure you have well, something to add. I have a lot to add, but um, no, I really like Tapestry. Um, it's by Stonemaier Games, one of our favorite publishers. But the, like you said, we haven't played all the different civilizations. The base box alone came with, I think, around 16. And then every expansion that's come out has added at least five. So it's up to 30-something now you can be. Uh, the different capital city mats where you're placing your buildings are all different. And recently he started coming out with ones where they're not just laid out differently, but they actually have their own little powers or puzzles that you're trying to solve whether you're trying to connect certain things via buildings and it's really cool um and you also have these little buildings that you're pulling off too and going up the tracks you mentioned all the tracks the art track was in one of the expansions but mm, that's right that was a newer edition yeah so, so yeah. but tapestry is really cool great game so now I think you're guessing my number eight. Yes. For your number eight, I wrote down Anita Valier. Oh, no. Not on my list. Not on my list. I think that you just forgot about that game. We haven't played that one in a while. And so mm -hmm. we need to revisit it. It's, it's like right behind you. I know, you. it's right behind me. There's so many games to choose from. And I was telling Michelle before we started recording that this list could change tomorrow. I could do the same list without... And just, yeah, depends on the mood, I guess. But my number eight <laughs> is Teotihuacan, City of Gods. I have that in a different spot. Okay, so you get a point. So you're ahead right now, three to two. Why do we make this list if you would change it tomorrow? Well, because, you know, it's we're not recording tomorrow. But, so. I, I don't think mine would be different. Well, you know. Anywho, Teotihuacan. City of Gods. It's a game by Board and Dice where you are, takes place in ancient Aztec. You are moving your workers, which are dice, around a board, uh, taking different actions, and the dice number represents the level of worker, so the higher level workers can do more powerful actions. You're going around the board collecting resources to 
build the pyramid, um, work on what's called the Avenue of the Dead, which I guess is like the cemetery or something like that, honoring your ancestors and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, what else are you doing in this game? Collecting masks. Help me out. You, <laughs> gosh, this one has so much to it, and you can go, you can go in so many different directions. You already had the tracks. You already had yeah. the masks. Building the temple, decorating the temple. Yeah, the middle of the board is where the main temple is. And so that's something yeah. I always try and go for a lot is building up the temple and then also like decorating it, which adds little kind of like colored tiles on the edges and mm -hmm. you get more points for that. And they'll also boost you up on the track too. So it's kind of like a double. Yeah, the three temple tracks thing. in the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So The one thing I was wondering is like in this game... How do you like the mechanism where you can go either direction, like clockwise or counterclockwise? How do you feel about that? Well, in this game, you can't. You can only go one direction. No, you can. You have your little other guy that goes. Oh, you're direction. talking about the shaman. So yeah. So your workers go, I think, clockwise, and your sh there's an expansion that adds a little shaman piece that goes counterclockwise, and he they all have little spaces they can go onto. Mm. I think that's really cool. That it just adds an option to do. That the expansion that that came in also added a wild resource, so it kind of opened the game up because you can go the opposite direction, so you have more options on your turn. You have a wild resource, so you can you don't have to collect specific wood. You know, it's like oh, I have this wild, I can have more flexibility. I feel like I don't use that shaman mechanism when we play. Mm. So I was just wondering, like, how you feel about it. Because sometimes I think it's a little unnecessary, but... Yeah, I mean, it's like, we, it's there, you like, can totally oh. leave it off, too. It's not something that's required to play with yeah. the other pieces. And so, that was really cool. It's kind of like the... There's also, like, a track where... Or there's a piece of an expansion where you're sending armies out to conquer lands and stuff. And we usually don't play with that one. You know what I'm talking about? With the map? And oh, you're sending the dudes? The map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we played with it once, and then we just kind of were indifferent to it yeah. and didn't, didn't feel that it added a whole lot to the game, but yeah. um, our dog is snoring, so hopefully you can't hear our dog snoring right now, but, but yeah, but that's Teo Teo Con, really cool. All right, so that was your... Number eight. Eight, okay. So now I'm guessing you're number seven? Correct. Okay, I put welcome to. Mm -mm. Is that on your list at all? No, oh I thought gosh. about it. I really did, but it, it no, I didn't pick it. You're lying to yourself. No, it'd probably be a solid like eleven or twelve, but no, I didn't pick it. Um. Well, what is your number seven? I have Dino Island there. Dino Island. Okay, I have that on the list, but I had it in a different spot. In a different spot, which I already put that at the beginning, right? I marked Dino Island. Yeah. Yeah. So, you want to tell us more about Dino Island? Or? I feel like we hit Dino Island pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. We hit it pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, just rewind it a few seconds, or a few minutes if you missed out on that. Okay, so you're going to guess my number seven. Yes. Okay. So, number seven for you, I picked Tapestry. Oh, it's on my list, but it's higher. So you get a point. Um... What's our score update? Uh, you're beating me 42. Mm. 42. But my number seven is Spartacus. 
Did you put that on the last one? No. No. Okay. You thought I'd outgrown it, didn't you? I did. I was hoping. No. So, I don't know. I don't know why I've been thinking about this game lately, but it's one Michelle hates, and it's one of the earliest ones I played when I started playing board games like this. And basically, Spartacus is, if you ever watch the Star show, you know, Spartacus, Gods of the Arena, or any of that, it's basically that, the board game. You are, and I used to watch that show with my roommates all the time, so you are a, oh, I forgot the name of it, you're running a Ludus. You're like a gladiator thing? Well, you're running a gladiator school. Oh. Yeah, a Ludus. And so you're one of the players, and they all have different powers and starting resources and stuff, which that's really cool. All the characters seem very in tune with their abilities, like... Spartacus and Gannicus are really cool, but anything can happen. You know, I remember the first game we were playing, uh, I don't know who it was, but I'm going to say Brady had Spartacus, or I had Spartacus and Brady had the Doctore, which is in the show, and we're fighting in the arena, and then he just cuts his head off. And it cuts Spartacus' head off, and we're like, ah, oh, you know, like that. Are you talking about the Unlost? Are you the show or the, 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 the game? The game. I mean, okay. Spartacus doesn't die in the show. It's called Spartacus, <laughs> but but just, he died in the game, and okay. we're like, oh, that's so cool. In the game, okay. Yeah, and anyways, it's very thematic, and it's very cutthroat, though, at the same time, so it's not one, if you don't like those type of games, it's very, I'm coming at you. Yeah, so, but it's very cool, very thematic, it has card play, but then there's also like a little arena phase where you're gladiators and you're trying to position yourself and roll dice and hit each other and so it also lasts a really long time well that you can toggle that we always started at one point and you're trying to get to 12 you can start at one four or seven it says in the rule book yeah yeah so you still really like spartacus all right i, I do i do literally as you were talking about that i realized i left a game off my list oh my gosh are you making a change I might have to make a change because I'm realizing I left one off. Who's going to get cut? Which really makes it tough because I really like all of these. So I don't know what I'm going to. Should I guess your number six? or? It's honestly number six that would. Get cut? No. Or would everything bump down? Everything might bump down. Okay, well, I'm going to guess to Kenyu and then you can. Okay, I do have to continue. That is on my list. It's okay. just not number six. All right. Would it be the new number six? No. No. Okay. What What's your new number seven? I guess because you're. <laughs> Mess this up. Um. So my. I should just tell you what my number six is. Okay. Azul summer. That's Little Summer. I had yeah. that on the list. That's what I wrote down. It's Little Summer. It's, it's the game that I'm thinking of that I forgot would go right after that. So it okay. would honestly, I guess everything else would still bump. Do you want to tell us about Little Summer before you um, tell us about your... Anyway. So Little Summer is a tile, like an abstract drafting tile type of game. Um, it's If you have ever played Azul, it's like another version of Azul. We have played... All the Azuls, there are four, and Azul Summer is hands down my favorite. I just, I love the like snowflake look that it has. It's very colorful. You're also trying to build certain like patterns on your 
board. I don't know. It's got like a, it's like a snowflake design is what it is. Snowflake design. You're trying to have like all the purples, all of the yellows, greens, oranges, and then like your center has one of every color. So it's kind of like the multicolored middle. But the way that you place your tiles in this game like is what earns you the most points. So as you're placing more tiles together of the same color, it's worth more points. So that makes sense. So like if you're placing like a, a fifth purple into your snowflake, that's going to earn you way more points than if you just placed the five, you know, or placed the one in isolation. Does that make sense? It's just hard to explain. It's, I mean, it's kind of like if you've ever played Azul, um, I can't point. Yeah. If you've ever played Azul, it's kind of like that. You want to put your pieces to where they'll touch more pieces because whenever you place, they score more points that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's how to explain it. Um, I like that you get to have like a wild color each round that you're drafting from this, the little circles that just like in Azul, like from the other, um, I don't know. Sometimes you're, sometimes there's some defense in there because you're trying to draft certain tiles that you know you're going to place. And you always have to draft again by color. So you have to only take those colors when you draft, whether there's one of them or three of them, you can only take the same color when you're pulling draft before you play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this game. I mean, it's because I always win. Yeah. Good. I, I don't know if I've ever won a single game in this. Maybe once, but out of 10. We and should so talk about what you do in the game and then what I do. In I really can't tell you what I do in this game because we play Azul and I feel like I have a similar strategy and I feel like I win. Yeah, you do. Most of the time. You do win. Against you. Yeah. Matt beat me the other day. Um, but playing Azul Summer, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go for this. And sometimes I even try to mimic the strategy that you've told me to do. Mm. And, uh, and I'm like, uh, still... Certain colors are also worth more points at the end, too, if you complete mm -hmm. it. So it's kind of good to go for those, but sometimes it's, like it's hard. Sorry, colors, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Not as bad as this old Queen's Garden was. That was... Oof, no. Yeah, that one was beefy. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to wait to talk about that one, because it's not on our list. It's but not yeah. on our list. Azul Summer was my number six. So, well, it'll just kind of, everything gets a little bit thrown off. It gets crazy. Okay, so are you guessing my number six now? Yes. Okay, what you get? Okay, so for your number six, I put Dikinu. Nope. Yeah. It dropped off my list this year. What? I know. I don't know. Well, I was thinking like Teotihuacan and Tekinu. Which one do I like more? And last time we played Tekinu, not that I dislike it, it's probably like top 15 you know in there mm -hmm. but i like teo more and i've if sitting next to each other i'm gonna pick teo and then it's like well all these other games are different so they're both good yeah my number six i'm sure we'll hear about later on your list is wingspan yep um did you put it on i put it on but i didn't put it in the right spot at all okay so you get it's a point. There. It's there. It's just okay. So you're I have all your five to four rankings. right now. No. Five to four. You. Um, Wingspan is a game where I guess you're building an aviary. You're collecting birds. Um, there's five different resources: worms, fish, berries, 
something. There's an expansion that adds nectar as another resource. Which is wild. Yeah. Which is cool. And your you have four actions every turn to choose from. You can play a bird card from your hand. You can gather resources. You can lay eggs because you need eggs to play birds later on. Mm-hmm. And you also score points for eggs at the end of the game. Or you can draw more bird cards to your hand to play. And so it's really cool. We also recently got the big box for it, which is... Massive. It's massive, but it's awesome. Like, that's the way a big box should be done. Everything's super organized in there. It's easy to set up. Yeah, it's great. The... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. The Asia expansion that came in there. Yeah, it's right there. (laughs) The Asia expansion that came with the big box adds this map for two players. That's pretty cool because it adds like a little mm-hmm. oh, puzzle. Yes. The little yin, yin and yang pieces. Yeah. yeah. And so you're trying to do stuff on that board because you also get bonuses and you also score points for having like a big connected group. Yeah. And so really cool game. Yeah. Best on my again. So. All the expansions have been awesome for yeah. that game. Like yeah. We have just been always, always big fans of Wingspan. Which is funny though because Back when I started getting more into the board game hobby, I was the one that was like, hey, we need to get Wingspan. And you were like, really? You are you want that? And I was like, yeah. Well, it's funny because Wingspan, it was super hot game that year or so. That it, 2020? Yeah. 2019. It was like 19, 2019, 2020 is when it kind of came out. Um, and it was like selling millions of copies. Like it was, yeah, it was really couldn't hard. keep it on the shelf. And, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm okay. You know, I don't need this. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, I want this game. And you're yeah. like, oh, really? You want the most expensive and most popular game right now? Yeah. Well, it you know. It had calmed down by then. It had calmed down. And so I was like, you know, I'll buy it. It's pretty. She'll play it with me. And we play them. It's a really good game. Yeah. yeah so Wingspan, it's made it onto my top ten. Okay. We are now at five. That's right. Which is what I'm having to put in my list. Just have an so am I guessing? Yeah. Viticulture is what I put. No, it's on my list, but it's not. Okay. I get a point. Hold on. Let me put that down. Okay. I gotta start marking these off. Mm. What'd you got? Quacks of Quedlinburg. I also had that. So, so just remind me that I... I can't believe I forgot about that already. game. That's like always one of my favorite favorite games it's just such you a forgot about quacks i feel like a game i did i don't i don't just slipped in my mind yeah we have so many games we do we do have so many games but um so tell us about quacks of quedlinburg okay quacks of quedlinburg is a push your luck game so you are filling up a potion pot with little like ingredients that would like go in a potion. So it's very like witchy themed, like but in like a fun, cute way, I would say. Like yeah. they're um kind of silly. Uh, you have little colored ingredients that are on, on like little tokens. And a lot of people get like the geek up bits for this. We have ours in little like coin capsule cases that we like just uh, put over the original game pieces. Um, that just help whenever you're whenever your bag that you're pulling out of um, gets really full it just it helps make it so much better um so you are trying to 
not blow up each turn because whenever you're playing this game the white chips are bad and everybody has the same amount of white chips starting off and then you're trying to get other ingredients to offset the chances of you drawing too many white chips to where you blow up every time you place your ingredient your token on your board you're trying to get further and further on your pot it's like a little spiral spiral that's going around and around um, almost like yellow brick road, you know, that's what it used to remind me of like going around and around. So you're trying to reach a further, a further spot, like each time than you did the time before so that you can buy more ingredients and so that you can get more points. Um, this is really fun with big groups of people because everybody's like playing at the same time. So there's not like this massive amount of wait time, which if you've heard any of our episodes before, I don't do well with lots of wait time between turns. I just, I lose interest if we're having to wait forever so this is a really really great game for that everyone's always doing something it's exciting it's fun it's like oh my gosh am I gonna blow up am I not like do I pull out at one do I not do I try it's like stressful but in a fun way yeah and there's lots of expansions too also not not lots <laughs> too there's two expansions and we have them both one is the witches and herbs herbs why well, was I gonna say warlock I was going to say Witches and herbs. I feel like because witches and warlocks go together. Yeah, I know. It's just... And then we also have... Sorry, that expansion gives you like extra powers at the end to help you, I don't know, get an extra boost before you're about to be over or like prevent yourself from blowing up one more time. So little things like that just make it uh, better to keep going. Um, They're all like good things that happen there. And then we also have the expansion. Alchemists. I was going to say like potions or something. Alchemists, that's right. Yeah, so that one is good too. We we really only use that expansion when it's me and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it adds a little bit of we don't use decision making else. where you got to, yeah. Go up this like funnel thing, flask yeah. thing, do some extra stuff. Uh, so we typically, it kind of helps if you're like really into the board gaming hobby, it kind of just adds another layer. But if you're playing with like a big group that maybe doesn't play as many board games as much, then we just don't, we don't use it. Yeah. The herbs and witches one, you can include it just right away. Yeah. Yeah, right it, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's just, yeah. It's mostly just some extra bonuses at the end. Yeah. And it adds more ingredients too. Oh yeah. Which what ingredient does it all add? All the, did you talk about that? The, how they're different tiles for, the ingredients. Oh, yeah. So each ingredient yeah. is... Each ingredient has at least four different varieties it could be. And you set those up before the game starts. So, Ability, you know, I would almost abilities, say. Abilities, yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. They come in little different. books. And so you flip the book over if you want to, like, make the red token do something different. Like, maybe the red token... Goes an extra space if it comes after something... But now, now the red token, you you actually don't put it in your pot. You can put it in your pot later mm-hmm. and stuff like just that. little things like that. And yeah. it's always out there so you can read it throughout the game. If you forget, it's easy to just look. So that was Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yes. And so I am now guessing your number five. Yes. What you put, what you ranked. Mm-hmm. So for your number five, I listed Tekenyu. Oh, wait. Did no, I you already that? said that one. I listed Teo. Sorry. Well, it was on my list. Did I give you points for that, though? For Teotihuacan, because I 
How? I don't know. What do you mean? Because uh... I already talked about Teo. You said it was on your list. So I think I already gave you a point for it. But then how? Why would we have already talked about it? Because it was already on my list. Oh, like it was in a different... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your number five? My number five was Viticulture. Okay. So, Viticulture is another Stonemeyer game. It seems to be popular on my list. I'm just thinking about that. It's a worker placement game. So, you have these little cool workers that have hats that um, you're running a vineyard and you're sending your workers out to do different things. What's neat is it's done in seasons. So, you have to ration out your workers to last the entire year. So, mm -hmm. you don't want to spend all your workers in spring because you might not have enough enough to do the actions you want to do in like the fall or the winter so this one's cool uh you gotta get the tuscany expansion i think to really make this game awesome yeah. it basically the viticulture essential edition has two seasons the tuscany expansion expands it to four and so you actually have all four seasons you also have one of my favorite parts is the structure uh, buildings, cards. So there's the different orange. cards. Yeah, the orange mm -hmm. cards. So you have grape cards, you have visitor cards, and you have order cards. This adds structure cards that you can build to your vineyard to kind of give it its own unique flair, which I think is really cool. It also has like this little mini map game where you're trying to put stars to. Like all over Italy's yeah, regions. Yeah, yeah, the Tuscany region. So that's, you know, really cool. Um, but yeah, just last time we played this, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I, feel, I didn't fill any orders and I found a way to win, which I think that's just a really cool yeah, thing. Yeah, the whole thing in this game is you're filling orders <laughs> to get points. That's like what you're going for. And he managed to win without filling a single order. But that was only possible because of your buildings. Yes, my structures. I I built a restaurant and something else, and so I could sell grapes and wine without filling orders. It's kind of like you skipped a step by having. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, but it's kind of like you bypassed having to fill because you could just go there and not have to. Like, did you have to harvest? I still had to harvest, and you still get the benefit of the residuals, like. So a re residual is when you fill an order, you get income for future rounds. So like every round now, I'm going to get money because of this order. I have somebody buying like on my a wine. subscription or something. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, I wasn't getting that, but I played other cards that let me get residual, go up the little residual track, and mm -hmm. so it didn't matter that I couldn't get that. So yeah, this is a great game. Yeah, awesome game. I can see why you had it at five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Am I guessing you're number four now? Yes. It's just at the end, I'll go back and say like what the missing game what the or what the other game that I didn't list was because I. Okay. I had Azul Summer as your number four, so I was wrong. Okay. So I had that one at six, but yeah. um, no, my number four was Viticulture. Viticulture. Okay, I had it on your list. Wait, but I already guessed it. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I already got a point for that. Yeah. Yeah. We both like Viticulture, so. Oh, 
Yeah. Did we both line up at five? No, mine was no, four. No, yours four. One off. One off. Okay. Yeah. You want to guess my number four? Since we just talked about video culture. Yes. So I guessed for your number four, another Stonemeyer game, Scythe. No. I mm. Scythe hasn't been... I know. It's mm. been so long since we've played it, like the two of us, I feel like. So... You didn't um, put it on at all? Nope. Not on there at all. Man. I feel yeah. like I left this one off last year, and then you were like, how could you leave this off? Or two years ago. It was, yeah, the and first time I did it. And it was, it was number two or something crazy. Yeah. I really I really do like Scythe, but I, I haven't played it in a while, and it's just kind of a chore to get out right now. And so that's... It's like above Tidal Blades. It's huge. It's like yeah, it's this a, thick. It's, it's big. big. Big box. Um, my number four is a Stonemire game. And it's one we've talked about before on this list, Tapestry. Okay. So, Michelle talked about Tapestry, civilization building game. I've been playing it with Matt a lot recently on Board Game Arena. Ah. Uh. And I think we've played it maybe ten times over the summer on Board Game Arena. And it's just like, you know, just made me love it even more. And I keep thinking, like, it doesn't have the uh, arts and architecture thing on the board game arena and I'm like that's like one of the coolest thing it has a new track and all these different civilizations and then and it doesn't have the most recent expansion the the fantasy one where you can be you know your civilization can be like werewolves or fairies or something which is you know a little bit different but the abilities are cool and so hmm. yeah but so yeah tapestry awesome tapestry, game board game arena version and Regular version. Yeah, I mean, I would play the regular version if I could, but playing it on your phone is like, you know, yeah. convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> okay, so that is that was both of our f- number fours. Did you have tapestry on? I had it on your list. I had okay. it at your number seven. So okay. you probably already gave me the point because you I said, don't know. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll go back and add to that to make sure. Be on the video. <laughs> okay. Oh, my bad. We are on to number three. All right, number three. I put Isle of Cats. No. Did you put this on your list at all? That was the the problem with game. That was the one that technically, yeah, it should have been on there. So I think I get a point. You should, because technically, Planet Unknown would have been eleven and not been on the list. Mm, see, that I. When you were talking about Planet Unknown, I was like, she put Planet Unknown and Isle of Cats on her list? That's crazy. Because they're similar, polyomino. Yes, yeah. no, it's that's where I messed up. So, yeah, you still got the point, because Isle of Cats okay. was on my list. Technically, the Planet Unknown one should have been 11, so it shouldn't have been here. But it deserves a call-out. Um, so, my actual number three mm-hmm. down here, I have Tekenyu at number three. Did I? I think I already... I put Tekenyu as your number six. I think I got points for it. Okay. Um, yeah. did, did we talk about it? No, we haven't talked about Tekenyu. Oh, because you're just not telling me what ranking it was. Okay. Um, but you guessed. I guessed it, but I was wrong. No, and we didn't talk about it. <laughs> um, so Tekenyu is in that same family as Teotihuacan. Uh, there's another one, too, that we don't have. There's two in- that we don't have. Maybe more. Anyways, is a worker placement game, but you're using no, di- Oh, I'm not wrong. a worker placement game. 
You're using dice. It's a draft dice drafting. There you go. Yeah, so you're drafting dice that all do different actions and have different um, weights on them based on obviously the number. So that kind of helps you determine what level of an action you can do, like or how many of something you can do. Um, gosh, this one's hard to explain because it's very complicated. Um, we could do its own episode on this game too. Yeah. I'm going to try my best to do a quick summary. There's cer certain sections of the board. I'll definitely need your help. Uh, there's certain sections of the board uh, where you are taking your actions. So this may be the the temple, right? There's this temple section where you have these little temple pieces uh, that you are building based on, again, the dice that you choose. There's black and white dice that typically go with the temple. Because you have that's how you create your limestone and granite oh well the resources do yeah that's how but you get the you dice get the... can be anywhere though but i'm saying like you use the limestone and the granite that come from those two colored dice to like do stuff at the temple and then there are buildings on the other section of the board where you have like different building tracks and each of those can earn you different resources whether it be gold or bread or paper again or the limestone or the granite as uh, so just resources in general then you also have your Statues mm -hmm. is the other kind of big component. So it's like temples, statues, and buildings. Uh, this is again a, it's not the Aztec, but it's more Egyptian. Yes. So it's like there's like pharaohs and, um, gosh, I'm blanking on that other gray track that we, that I feel like I ignore with like the priests and the warriors. Uh, that's in one of the expansions. Okay. Yeah. That's an expansion to it. Yeah. Uh, this game also has the iconic obelisk in the middle that turns and creates the shadows for um, how the dice are going to be allowed to be played. So what what's crazy about this game is that the dice move into different sections based on the shadow that the obelisk, obelisk creates. Mm -hmm. So dice can either be tainted, uh, forbidden, or favored, I think. Favored, yes. And so if you're taking the favored dice, you have to make sure you take a semi-equivalent amount of the um, tainted dice because this it goes into... So, can you, you're choosing dice around the obelisk, trying to go up the different tracks and build buildings, build statues, and you, there are goal cards, there are technology or cards you can get that make your abilities better, and so... Yeah, really cool game. Lots to balance, lots of strategies and different ways to win. So, yeah. Yep. It's decay. All right, so now, am I guessing your number two? Don't or I three? Need, no, don't I need to guess your? Yes, you need to guess my number three. Okay. So for your number two game, I... Three. Number three game, I put down Dino Island for you. Okay. So you already you have that on I your list. I gave you a point. Yeah, you did, because yeah. it was way later on your list. Yeah, so... Um, but my actual number three is, I'm curious if you put it on here, Near and Far. Oh, nope, definitely didn't. Oh. So Near and Far has been on my list. I think this is our third time making these. It's been on my list every time, and I think it's been on the number three spot every time. Oh, you're consistent I'm Consistent with, with this one, yeah. So Near and Far is a Red Raven game. It's um, one of the ones where it's a storybook game where you can play where 
you're playing out a story as it unfolds. What you're doing in near and far is you're there are two boards. There's a town board and there's a map of the world. Um, in the town, you're going around collecting resources and kind of gearing up to go out into the map. And that's where you're going to encounter adventures and things like that and build camps. Um, fight off thieves. Yeah, fight off bandits and stuff. And so um, it's really cool. You're, you know, because at first you can't really do much. You also have a hand of cards, which are artifacts that you're trying to build. And that kind of levels up your party as well. You're getting uh, recruit, going to the tavern and recruiting people to join your party. And it's just really cool. Last time we played it, we didn't play with the story uh, book at all. There's a way you can play it with, you just flip a card and you say, you encounter an ostrich. Do you want to try to ride it? Or are you going to, I don't know, kill it for meat, whatever. Um, it's usually not that dark, but, um, you choose and then you roll some dice to see what happens. So, yeah, yeah. it near and far has grown on me. I used to really not like it because story games aren't really my favorite at all. So it's grown on me. It's definitely like this little card version where it just moves a little bit faster and it's just like get to the point. I don't need a novel, um, but it's grown. Yeah, grown on me. Yeah, so it's cool because we can play it like that way or you can play it where there's a story that spans 10 games, you know, and I've played that way with Matt. And yeah, very cool. So near and far. All right, number two. Um, I put Quacks as your number two. Was I, well, I already got a point for it, I'm pretty sure. But Yes, so Quacks, um, you know, wasn't my number two, but um, Castles of Burgundy came in second for me. Um, I'm not surprised, but I'm, I think I already gave, gave myself a point for that because I think I put it as like your number nine. Mm, okay. So. No, I really like Castles of Burgundy, and it jumped ahead because of this new edition uh, that we played. I think we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we already hit that game pretty hard just the episode ago. The Castles of Burgundy is a dice rolling game. It moves really quickly, um, building different regions around your board. And it just came out with a new special edition that you're probably seeing all over, you know, social media. If you follow any of these board game, I don't know, content creator stuff. Um, so yeah, we even have a fun little reel on that one. Um, so you can check that out on our Instagram. Yeah. Great game beautiful production maybe one day it'll be in my top 10 we'll see yeah, yeah. all right so your number two mm-hmm. i put marvel champions it is on my list but you only get one point because it's in the wrong spot so my number two is star wars rebellion oh my gosh i forgot this one how you did forgot i forgot that would you put my number one was I, I knew it was wrong i rushed through it and i knew <laughs> that i was picking the wrong game for your number one and i can't believe it. i would have picked that one yeah. i just forgot because you haven't played it in so long i know we tried to play it last night with matt but it was going to be too too long it's like a three hour game yeah. it's a epic star wars game it is the star wars original trilogy in a box is how it's described and that's that's how it is is one player is the empire another player is the rebellion Mm -hmm. and the empire is trying to hunt down the rebel base which could be any among these 30 something planets so you're going around trying to land on them and it's like oh are you on tatooine and they say yes or no but um 
but you're also doing missions as the rebel player, building up units. It's just so cool. Recruiting characters to your team, and as the Empire, you can capture people and try to turn them to the dark side. It's it's just a really cool experience, and it does take two and a half to three hours to play. And so that's, yeah, it's Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah, I've only played it once. It's my so. anniversary present one, one year as <laughs> she plays Star Wars Rebellion with me. Yeah, it was, yeah. I just don't like it. I don't, I can't, I don't know. Maybe eventually I'll come back around. It's also like, when do we have like three full hours to sit and play? Like, I feel like three hours is a lot to, um... It's true. It's a lot it's of time true. to find. It's, and one, we, what we ended up playing last night, Star Wars deck building game, which is much faster, and it also, it captures a lot of that Star Wars feel. Mm-hmm. I like that one. And so, that's a good one too. So that, yeah. I still cannot believe I forgot to put that game on I can't list. believe. It's been in my top two the last three times. I know. I know. I, I'm telling you, I, I rushed and just didn't, didn't have enough time. But. Yeah. Alright, so, am I guessing you're number one? Yep. Okay. Your number one is Wingspan. You are correct. Yeah. So that is two points for me. You're going to win. Probably. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've, we've already talked all about Wingspan. And this is where I know I got it wrong when you... I also picked Wingspan for you, number one. You picked Wingspan as my number one? I'm telling you I rushed and I wasn't thinking. And we just played it the other night and you were like so on a high with it. that I was like, I no, was really feeling it, you know. It made so it on my top ten. I know. I just, I should have put Star Wars Rebellion right there. And then bumped yeah. this down. Yeah, so you would have gotten one point. Get a redo? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you one point, just, you know. Like blanking. Pity point. I'll, I'm still going to win, though. So, my actual number one, though, is what you guessed from my number two, Marvel Champions. This game is just, I've played it. I wrote that down first, and you see I crossed it off. Yeah, see that? I don't know what I was thinking. I think I've played it 500, 500 games of it or something. It's crazy. I got it right before COVID hit, um, mm-hmm. and it just became my go-to solo game because you could throw down a game with it, you know, less than 20 minutes. Like, set up, play, tear down in less than 20 minutes, just me. Um, But it's also cool because you can buy these expansion boxes that kind of add, like, a story and a campaign. So what what happens in game one affects what happens in game three, which is really cool. All the characters feel really different, and you can build them in these different aspects, like aggression, justice, yeah. And so it's really cool. I can... I cannot play the game and have a great time with it. The other night, I just broke out my cards and started trying to build decks. You know, while I think you were either showering or either putting the boy, one of the boys down for bed. And I was like, I really want to mess with my Marvel Champion stuff. So I started building a Gambit deck, you know, because I haven't played with the X-Men stuff much. Because you're a big Marvel fan. Yes, big Marvel guy. As you can see. Yeah, so Marvel Champions, awesome game. I think... I've bought everything for it. There's only one pack that's come out where I'm like, I really don't think I'm going to buy it. And so, yeah. But yeah. yeah. I, awesome. I hear all about it. I've only played it once or twice. But, yeah. Um, I think you play it one time and you're like, I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm like, yeah. The, my, my favorite Marvel game is Marvel Splendor. That's my favorite. Yeah. So, I do really like that one. So. I'm but, surprised it didn't make your list. 
Well, it's so hard to pick 10 games. Like you said, this is tough. And we haven't done this in two years, so we are excited that we brought it back for 2023 uh, and that we recorded our first video podcast episode yeah. about this topic. It's exciting. Yeah. So where else can people find us? So you can always follow us at a couple games.mc on Instagram. Um, you can always email us at a couple games 2014 at gmail.com. Feel free to subscribe, like, comment, all the things. Um, and we would love to hear what your favorite slash top 10 games are um, as of right now in 2023. That's right. And before we sign off, the final tally was Zach 9, Michelle 8. So. And with that, I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this has been a couple games. Thank you.